Welcome to the Six Ways to Sunday podcast, hosted by award-winning television director, documentary filmmaker, author, and speaker, Craig D. Forrest. Join Craig for the next few minutes as he interviews leaders, artists, and creatives about trends and insights shaping our digital world and faith-based media. This podcast is produced and brought to you by Matchstick Media International. Now, here's Craig. Great guest on our show, professional voiceover uh, actor and artist, creative artist, Jimmy Hudson. Welcome to the show. How in the wide world did Family Channel back in Virginia Beach find you uh, to host their show, Videosyncrasy? Well, it was uh, the producer of the show was Norman Miller, and he was a well-connected um, in, in the music world, uh, the Christian music world. And uh, he was married to Sheila Walsh at the time, so we had so, come across okay. each other. He was and a, she, she was a, a co-host, uh, I think, of um, the 700 Club? Yes, yes. So I knew her through various concerts and things. And I can't remember how I met Norman, but uh, he thought, you know, there certainly needs to be a, a Christian music video show on the Family Channel. But he wanted to have a hybrid that also had a positive secular music that had good messages. The idea being that, uh, you know, Christianity does not have a monopoly on the truth. And that's, that is true. I mean, there are certainly songs that are positive and innocuous or have a good message in the secular world that would be good to play. Um, and that would be family friendly. And then we would mix in Christian songs as well. So it would be a, a nice hybrid. And so that was his to, idea. And you got to travel a lot. Yeah, yeah. We, we called the show Video Syncrasy, and we traveled all over North America doing shows. So, you know, if we would find uh, Michael Bolton was going to be in a city. We'd go meet them, interview him, do a show around in the city. I did a lot of found humor kind of things where we would go out on the streets and uh, do, you know, crazy man on the street interviews and jumping off planes and stuff like that. So it was very fun and uh, got some, you know, meet wonderful people and do some fun interviews. So it was pretty how cool. Did, how long did you, uh, were you the host of that show? Uh, it was about a year and a half. We did 64 hour episodes plus some primetime specials. So we did, did a primetime special with Amy Grant, Michael Bolton, and um, Harry Connick Jr. So those were fun as well. And uh, yeah, it was, it was a really exciting time. Very, very cool. Um, for those that don't know, Family Channel was the secular channel uh, for Christian Broadcasting Network, CBN. And yeah. that's where the 700 Club show or program would air on a pretty much a daily basis, at least Monday through Friday, for sure. Um, and later on, Family Channel got sold to ABC, became ABC Family Channel. And now it has morphed into what a channel that is called Freeform, as I understand. Oh yeah. So it's it's, uh, it's, it's changed it, it's it, it's changed its identity uh, a few times. Yeah. Let me ask you this: you you uh, you became the announcer for a famous NBA player uh, and who had a TV show that didn't last very long. Talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was my uh, best summer job ever. It was Magic Johnson. 
uh, he had a late night talk show on Fox back in 1998, and uh, they were going to do some test shows, and I was selected as the first uh, announcer to audition. So we did our show, and I went to meet Magic with with the producers, and and uh, I'm six foot eight, so I was excited to meet Magic because he's listed as six foot nine. So I walk up to him, and he goes, "Oh, this would be great to have a tall announcer." So they, because of him, they hired me on the spot and didn't even test the other guys. I'm like, that's great. And I said, you're not even as tall as me. You're a liar, aren't you? And he says, well, we take our shoe height and then round it up a bit to sound more intimidating. So, but he can sure play basketball a lot better than I can. But yeah, it was, it was fun. And and I owe it uh, a lot of my career to magic because that show only lasted the summer. It was great fun for me, and I got to do skits and meet all the guests and everything, which was very fun. And then uh, the same producers at Fox, they uh, hired me to be the voice of Divorce Court right after that, which lasted for 12 years. So that was a, a nice uh, n- nice ancillary benefit of having worked with Magic. So I, I thank and, him. And Divorce Court became very <laughs> good it became a steady job, a steady gig for you, as they would say. Yes, yes, lots of episodes. We did uh, well, at least a thousand episodes. Yeah, it was, it was a huge uh, uh, income stream. It was very nice. Yeah, it was, and then uh, it was a little embarrassing. Uh, I remember you were in Africa and you saw the show being broadcast there. I thought, what a lovely, yes, I was, <laughs> what I was a lovely in- representation of America for the rest of the world. Yeah, yeah. I was in uh, the country of Uganda doing a shoot for Samaritan's Purse back then, uh, around 2004. And we had like the day off because our flight was going to be in the evening. And I'm just watching TV at at air-conditioned room at the Sheraton in in Uganda. And up comes Divorce Court. And I go, it's Jimmy Hodson in Africa. When I got (laughs) back, I I mentioned it and and, uh, other things happened from that year. You go ahead and tell them what happened. Well, yeah, I I said, I don't think I've been paid for the overseas use of that. So I went to Fox and said, "Um, my friend was just in Africa and saw the show. He said, oh, yeah, we were just about to process your checks for that. So uh, because if if you do a union voiceover job, you get paid however it's used. So and every time it's used, which is a, a wonderful income stream because you could pl- uh, play those shows for years, uh, which they did. And I kept getting paid uh, residuals for them. And thanks to you, I got paid for the international ones as well. So thank you. Excellent. Excellent. Well, I'm glad. Well, I, I'm glad I did my part just <laughs> on, a, on a hot day in, in, uh, in Uganda. Yes, um, I still owe you commission. A, yeah. Let me take a, a little turn here. What would be your advice for one for uh, voiceovers that want to get into that industry and then especially Christians faith-based but part two would be what would be your advice that for Christians people of faith that want to work in the acting field oh good I I have uh, some tips for you the um, work backwards the you know Hollywood is I think the most important mission field in the world because it influences every country, every language. It all emanates from the bully pulpit of Hollywood because uh, I remember you and I traveling through the 
you know, the deserts of the Middle East and seeing Arab Bedouin tents and they all had satellite dishes or TV antennas and they're all watching American movies and TV shows. Mm -hmm. And it still is that way today. I mean, uh, our product of, uh, you know, for better or worse is spread throughout the the world. And uh, to have Christians in Hollywood is extremely important. It's also quite dangerous for the Christians because, as I said before, it is a moral cesspool. It's very alluring, and you can be sucked into it if you are not going in with the right uh, you know, uh, priorities. So I would say we need believers in there. Most churches and Christians are afraid of Hollywood because of the uh, moral trappings, and that is a valid fear. But, you know, just as if you're a missionary to Sri Lanka or something, you have to go in prepared that here's the culture. I'm, uh, you know, I'm not going to be swayed by animism or voodoo or whatever is in a country. Uh, I'm going to, you know, follow the Lord and do what he wants me to do. And that is difficult to do in Hollywood. And, you know, like I said, you'll have to turn down things and it is hard as an actor, but um, it can be done. And there are some some uh, people who have blazed that trail, it is uh, certainly difficult, but I think the Lord needs uh, Christians in all areas of Hollywood, not just on the acting side. Um, but there are uh, quite a few, and there are a couple of ministries in Hollywood that help um, as a fellowship unit you know, to give people support in that area. And then as far as voiceover, to uh, get into the voiceover world, you have to have a good demo. And you don't want to make a demo until you're ready. So it's best to take some good classes on voiceover. A lot of the top um, casting directors and coaches in L.A., like Nancy Wolfson, people like that will do seminars around the country. So uh, it doesn't matter where you live anymore because you can really work um, from anywhere. We all have home studios now, and it makes it uh, much more convenient than driving around to all the studios. So the... Uh, barriers for entry are greatly reduced. So um, I think the key for any uh, actor or any part of production in Hollywood is, is perseverance because you can have great talent and never work. You can have no talent and work all the time. I think the common denominator is the hard work and perseverance. And of course, if you're called by the Lord to do it, uh, that is going to uh, happen. If you want to be famous, that's not really going to help you. And it's not really uh, what the Lord has for you, although it might be. Uh, if you uh, are willing to be used by the Lord in that way, uh, that could happen. But yeah, that can't be the goal. If you um, you need to seek first the kingdom of God, and then all the rest will be added unto you, right? Amen. 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 There was a you you knew and have known a number of famous voiceover uh, actors. I believe that you were acquainted with Don LaFontaine back in the day. Yeah. Um, a little bit. And he was the most famous voiceover. And there's also Ernie. Was it What was Ernie's name? Uh, Ernie Anderson, yeah. And what was his warm-up that he would do? Hoochie hoochie, hajji wah wah, woof, ska, yip yip. And you go. You know, Scott, Scott Rummel and I do that to this day. Yeah. There you go. Um, <laughs> I had read years back when Don LaFontaine was uh, probably the top movie trailer voice that, yeah. in the industry that he um, bought a limo 
yeah. and had a limo driver. And back then, you mm. would have to drive to all these studios. And in the mean, and he had a fax machine. Yes. Actually in the limo. So they'd be faxing him a script before he arrived. And then the driver would just drop him off at the studio and, and he would get out. He didn't have to worry about parking and, you know, yeah. and, and uh, he found out or figured that by having the limo, he was able to squeeze in one extra voiceover session per day. Cause he didn't have to worry about driving yep. or parking and the convenience of it all. And it more than paid for uh, owning the limo and for the driver. Isn't yep. that crazy? Yes, it, it was very efficient, and, and um, a few other guys hired drivers for that reason before the advent of home studios. But there's a great video online called Five Guys in a Limo, oh. and it uh, is very funny, uh, a little glimpse into that world with the five top voiceover guys of the of the day back in the 90s. It was really... But yeah, he, he was uh, very generous and magnanimous. I only met him a few times, but um, I was... We had the same agent, and when he was uh, ill on his final days, they called me and said, oh, "Jim, can you uh, replace Don LaFontaine on this commercial?" I'm like, "If they want Don and they get me, they're not going to be happy." And I said, "Well, he's uh, unavailable," which I realized, "Oh, he must be in the hospital or something." And then mm -hmm. soon thereafter, I found out. But yeah, it was it was sad. You have had uh, in the past some really interesting acting jobs describe a few of those <laughs> yes very few um my wife was uh, an executive on the show touched by an angel so i i uh, managed to procure a role on there playing a an nba announcer so that was uh, a good one but i remember uh, i had to fly to salt lake city to shoot it and the uh i did my first uh take and then the guy who plays the angel of death came over to me and he said are you gonna do it that way i mean it's your career but come on and i was just shaken to the core and then i he walked away and i realized he was pulling my leg but i'm like oh man he totally got me yeah it was very funny but yeah i, I actually worked as an extra for many years uh in the, the lean years because you can make a living doing that which i had to do and uh, I've worked on lots of TV shows and movies. And, yeah, it was crazy because uh, I kind of had the, I was very, very shy. So I, I wanted to work as an extra so I could be on the set and be comfortable with that. And that really helped me um, be, be used to the whole environment of being on the set. I didn't really have any good breakthroughs uh, as an on-camera actor. Uh, and being 6'8", I found that uh, it was hard to cast me for any kind of normal role because uh, I would tower over, you know, all the other actors. So that was uh, probably also the lack of talent was an issue. But the um, oh come on, the height was also you're, you're being you're being <laughs> too demure on that. You have talent. You, you you told me about the time you worked on a soap opera, and and oh, yeah. and the the women talk about that the, there was a transformation to the women oh yeah that's right i remember i was uh working on the bold and the beautiful i think uh, and i think it was like a glorified extra where i got to uh interact with the the main actors but we did rehearsal and there's uh you know they rehearse all morning and then would shoot all afternoon and into the evening so we did all that and blocked all the scenes and 
practiced and everything. And then, then after lunch, we came back and there was a different woman doing the uh, main female role. Uh, this is that's so weird that she must be such a big star. She can have someone else rehearse for her. It was, it was, I couldn't figure it out. And then I realized after about a, a few minutes that it was the same woman. She just had her hair and makeup and high heels and wardrobe on. And, and I thought, wow, that's a dramatic transformation. I wish I could have a whole team of stylists hovering around me at all times to make me look better, but it was, it was pretty cool. Interesting conversation, illuminating conversation with professional voiceover artist, Jimmy Hodson. Join us next time. Next episode, we'll pick up where we left off. Thanks. You've been listening to the Six Ways to Sunday podcast with Craig D. Forrest, brought to you by Matchstick Media International, dedicated to excellence in media through inspiration, vision, and education. To learn more, visit us on the web at matchstickmedia.org. That's matchstickmedia.org. Your generous donations, large or small, help defray costs for producing this creative podcast. Thanks for listening and subscribing.